Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our Brilliance Bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. And welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are already laughing as I knew that this was going to be, I mean, there's no better way to spend a Monday in the midst of a global pandemic with all kinds of sucker punches in life coming at you. And we get to spend it with Maria Johnson. I am so happy that you're here. I just can't even. (laughs) I am so excited to be here too. I have admired what you gals are doing. And I had actually thought like, that would be kind of cool to be a guest. And honest to God, two days later, you messaged me. And I was like, yes. See, put it out in the universe. Well, we're also great minds think alike. So, okay. So before we started hitting record and when we were just like loving ourselves and our friendship and Mary friends, (laughs) what is happening here? We were talking about, we met back in 2016 out at the big rare disease conference. I will will never forget. This is when I knew that we were going to be good friends. Here we are at this dinner and we are always trying, like it's the rare diseases. So there's 7,000 rare diseases and the rare eye diseases are like this little tiny niche that we're kind of trying to find our way in that giant group. And -hmm. then we sit at this dinner with a bunch of people affected and I, we had never met before. And then one of our, Alyssa, a a mutual friend of ours introduced us and you just started with your hilarious sarcasm about (laughs) losing your sight later in life. And I'm like, Oh, we are so going to get along. (laughs) Because it's always blindness is always a topic that people are like, Oh my God. And there is a, a lot of oh my god to it but there's a lot yeah. of hilariousness to it as well. well people are very afraid of blindness you know they're very they're afraid of it because it's their own fear like the thought of going blind oh my god no no that can't yeah. ever happen rather get bit by a shark you know than go blind so <laughs> yeah. you know struck by lightning all of the above i mean hey so would i so <laughs> but at the dinner um i knew i mean i just you know i just felt this we're going to be friends somehow, some way, someday. Um, I just knew. And I was only three years um, into being um, you know, legally blind. So I was still trying to figure stuff out. And coming to that rare disease conference um, was a huge move for me, was, you know, I'm amongst people I don't know. I can't see people. Um, I'm, I'm meeting people, but yet, you know, it's still very scary inside. So I did meet great people. And one of them was you coming out of it. And I just thought you had so much going and you were just, I just such a strong and, you know, incredible personality. And I was just like, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. And you were real at the same time. You're just, you know, just, we just at dinner, we just talked dirty, you know, we just went dirty. (laughs) And, you know, so, and you were just, and you were still writing your book and um, you promised. Oh my God! She was writing that book for a decade. Book, and then hey, promised finally, hell, thank God, it came out. And you said, "I'll put you in my second one because I already have enough for the first one." So I'm like, "Okay." 
So anyway. Now you got to do a second one because you got to put Maria in it. Yeah. So, so that's how we met. That is how we met. And we kind of been, you know, Facebook friends and followed along, you know, each other's um, lives ever since. Yeah. And I do remember that you were so new to your journey and then looking where you are now. So let's back up for a little bit for, so you, what is, you have the other, my kids have labors. You have the other labors. We always say you have the HON. <laughs> yes. I have the other labors, um, labors, hereditary optic neuropathy. Uh, yes. Which is a mitochondrial disease. And I was diagnosed with it in 2013 after not understanding or not real under, um, uh, no one could, um, figure out what was going wrong with my vision. Um, eight months of diagnosis um, and, and you have this, maybe you don't have that, tests, doctors, the whole thing, the Maria's Medical Mystery Tour, I call it. <laughs> I finally got, got, finally got the call, which was one of those, yay, I have a diagnosis, but oh no, what yeah. is that? Because uh, it is really rare. And um, so I was diagnosed finally in September 2013 and deemed legally blind a month later and there is no treatment or cure. Oh my so goodness. pretty much that's it. And I had just turned 50, had an amazing 50th birthday party. For some reason, I knew it was my last hurrah. I mean, visual hurrah. So I went big, I went big, big, big. And it was just, it's the most amazing visual memory that I have. One of my wow. last. Oh, that's cool. Super cool. And I don't know, there's something inside me that knew I had to go big, go home type thing. Wait, so, so did you I, have any inkling before that party that you were about to lose your sight? Nope. Wow. And I was going, and I was losing vision the whole, for, from April to September, I was losing vision the whole time, but I had, the, I had to have this party in August and I planned the whole thing. I did all the decorations, all of that kind of thing with basically I'm legally blind in one eye. And they, but the other eye was compensating so much that I was able to really still do everything. Wow. So I was losing vision, but I was kind of putting that away because I had things to do. You know, I had life to live. I, I had to do. Just blind to stop. Exactly, Mary Fran. <laughs> I did not have that? time. Ain't nobody was, got time for that. Ain't nobody got time no. for blindness. No, I did not have time. So it was right after, um, you know, this big, you know, hurrah 50th party that I had an appointment and with my neuro ophthalmologist. And that's when he said, yeah, you're losing vision and you're starting in your other eye. And I was like, Ugh, here it goes. And literally right after that, you know, I turned 50 fit, fabulous, the whole thing. And I honest to God, think the universe said, now it's time. And I, it went downhill very quickly after that and diagnosis legally blind and oh my god what now very quickly so you know i wow. thought the world was going everything was great and all of a sudden world completely fell apart completely fell apart so, so i only i saw you three years after that and you were just like like you said you go to this conference you don't know anybody you can't see their faces you're trying to navigate it but you were so fun and down to earth and figuring it out had you been, did you just go, okay, I'm going to figure this out? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Um, I, I, you know, was diagnosed. Um, and I think I went into denial for a long time because I thought this just isn't really happening and I'm going to be able yeah. to see a little bit. It's going to be fine. I'll still drive because, you know, no one drives with LHON, that's what we call it for short, but I was going to. 
I was busy. I have something to do. You know, like I can't, I have to drive. So that, well, that kind of went out the door um, very quickly too. So I actually kind of tumbled in, I, I was tumbling and I was falling and I was, you know, falling into um, a world of this is happening. Days, weeks went by and my vision was getting worse, worse and worse. And on the outside, I was still trying to be that every, you know, that super mom, uh-huh. you know, still doing everything. I was still teaching all my group fitness classes. Um, just, Hey, this is what's happening and no big deal. Cause I got this and I don't have time, but inside it was a whole different story. Yeah. So a couple months after uh, my diagnosis, I launched Girl Gone Blind simply as a way for me to write and use it as a tool for me to get out what I was going through. And honestly, I, I didn't want to be one of those people that just, you know, blah, blah, blah all over Facebook and just wrote all my woes yeah. and problems. I wanted to say, you know, I'll write it over here and I'll put a link and they can go there if they want to. So I thought, well, that, that would be a blog. And so I launched Girl Gone Blind three months after I was diagnosed and wrote my first blog and thought, what am I doing? (laughs) One, I can't see the keyboard. So that made it a little difficult. So I'm like, great, you're going to start a blog and you can't see the keyboard and you can't type. So what do you do? So I was dictating everything, everything. And I think with dictation, my blogs came out more as I was, you know, being more of a conversational storyteller. Because I was it all. And I think that's what gave my blog a little different flair was that it just came off differently than than typing it out. I I don't know how else to explain it. Mm -hmm. So I sent out that first blog and thought, all right, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. But I did it anyway. And people came out of the woodwork. Just, oh my gosh, thank you for telling, telling us, thank you for letting us know what's going on. Thank you for being real and telling Mm us, you know, everything that's going on, um, in a very explanatory, you know, this is what's happening, but Hey, we're good kind of way. And I thought, well, maybe I'll write another one because they like that. So (laughs) I'll, I'll do another. Yeah. And see what happens. So, and here we are, um, you know, six ish years later, 170 ish blogs later. And, you know, it's been shared all over the world. It's, it's really opened up a lot of opportunities for me. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild watching the opportunities that have that have come from that. Were you a writer before? No, no, I I was not a writer. And I have never thought of myself as a writer. I know. And people say you're a good writer. And I'm like, you think? I've always questioned my writing abilities. I mean, even to this day, I'll write a blog and I'll go over it a hundred million times. Maybe you guys under, you know, might do that yourself. And I'm constantly editing and editing and I publish it and I'll still edit after I publish oh, yeah, or wake up at three in the morning going that one sentence, mm, I, I need to fix that and I'll get up and fix it. So the, 
it's, it's been a great creative outlet for sure. And now I, all the blogs aren't mine. I do feature other people's blogs that I think are, you know, share worthy. I, um, or I pick up little bits and parts from, um, maybe people write a Facebook post that's kind of long and I'll think that's a great, I call them blind reflection and I'll feature them on my blog. Um, so the blog is matured for sure. In the beginning, it was very dark. And as I say, I didn't just kind of, hop onto the happy train right away and say, I'm going to use a white cane and this is going to be great. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I did a lot of, um, being very transparent here. I did a year and a half of not only group therapy, but individual therapy, um, to get me through some really, really dark times. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how I was going to be a mom. How's it going to be a blind mom? Like, how do you do that? Like, you know, how are my kids can be affected by this? How am I going to continue just to be Maria? And I didn't know any of that. How was I going to tell if someone was mad at me? I can't see their face. Yeah. Um, it's all the things you just don't know until it happens to you. So I did have to do a lot of, you know, going deep, if you will. And maybe it is finding that resilience and strength to go, okay, I'm going to show up another day. I'm just going to show up another day and yeah. then the next day and the next day and the next day. Well, I'm so and, it's so cool to me to hear that you realized that you needed the, um, not just the regular therapist, but group therapy. And you, so one of our big things is in resilience and, and brilliantly resilient is raising your hand and asking for help and not yeah. doing that whole, cause I sat for three years doing the, I got this. No, I don't. And all day long, I got this at night. No, I don't. I got this the next day. No, I don't. Oh yeah. It took me too long to, to, I wasted too much time not reaching out and raising my, now I'm like something happened last night with, we have this big crisis in our family. I reached out, I was all over the place, reaching out to friends. Now I'm like, who can help? Who can help? Yes. <laughs> help yes. Kristen. Everybody help Kristen. <laughs> yes. Learning to ask for help was super difficult. I mean, I was, you know, I'm a strong, independent woman and mm -hmm. I'm a, you know, I do everything myself. And then coming to the point where you can't drive anymore, you can't read. Um, well, normally, um, there's a lot of things that you need help with. And as our friend Lissa says, you know, blindness is a team sport now. I have mm. to have a team. Oh, I, like I, have that. To have a, I have to have a team yeah. and I do have a team. I have an amazing tribe, if you will. And I think we all have lots of tribes. Uh -huh. So I do uh, value each tribe for what they're worth in, you know, whatever part of my life, you know, mm -hmm. my school mom friends who have stuck by me 100% through all of this. Um, I could call any of them and I got a list and they would be at my door with the car ready to go where you need to go. Um, and I had to get past the whole asking for help, asking yeah. for rides. That was really, that was really, cause I always felt like I was bothering everybody and I'm a yeah. burden and all of that. But I also had to learn very quickly by not accepting help. You're taking a gift away from them. That's how Mitchell looks at it. Yeah. Th they want to help you. <laughs> right? well, yeah. Except Mitchell has everybody do everything for him. And he says, <laughs> Look at the joy I'm spreading in this world. <laughs> He's such a smart ass. That's awesome though. I love it. But you but, know, that's a theme that ran through all the successful blind adults that I have met in some facet or another, they all say you, you need to learn to ask for help and it's a life skill. It's not a blindness skill. It's a life skill. Yeah. Yeah. And as an adult, losing vision as an adult, 
I was just used to doing adult things and, and taking care of myself in an adult way, which meant you, you took care of your business. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, I couldn't use a computer. I couldn't use my phone. I couldn't drive anywhere. Um, how was I going to teach, continue teaching group fitness? I mean, all these questions, how was I going to use a microwave? You know, um, cause I'm a, I'm, really good at microwave cooking everything else I just forget <laughs> and then you know I'm not I mean I wasn't a good cook before all this but mm, yeah it's bad now <laughs> so I just needed the 30 second how am I going to find that you know all yeah. those things that you just don't know and and I, I do say that over the last handful of years I've had to learn to be blind and mm -hmm. that's um by choice and I think you can choose like well I can't beat this I might as well join it and I did have that moment of, well, I might as well join it. And I think that's when I fully stepped into the blind world, you know, out of that hallway between the sighted world and the yeah. blind world, there's a hallway, it's called denial. Yeah. And I sat there for a long time. I had wine and a couch and chocolate. It was great. And I just stayed there for a long, long time and you know, it was fine, but you can't live in the hallway forever. And that door to this blind world was like opening and opening and opening. And I'm like, well, What's over there? You know, I maybe love I'll that look. analogy of a hallway. Because you said, yeah. my friend always says about, are you going to stay there or are you just visiting? You know, you can live in that hallway or you just walking by. <laughs> exactly. And I was, I was ready to set up camp, you know, for sure. <laughs> so I, the hallway was very comfortable. I didn't have to think about the blind thing and all of that. I didn't have to think about assistive technology and how was I going to learn all that. I could just be there. And, but I knew that wasn't going to serve me in the long run. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to get very far. So that's, you know, and I said, if I can't beat it, I might as well join it. And I, I walked into, you know, through the other door mm -hmm. and learned to, how to relearn how to use my computer, my phone, you know, iPad, all that technology. I had to learn other technologies to help me do everyday tasks and activities. I learned about bump dots learn about, you know, I had to, I had to take a big gulp and use a white cane, whole nother, we got to just have a whole nother program on that. Oh, that is a whole um, program. It's a whole nother program. It's such and a hard that is a really, really hard one. And I, you know, it, it took me a couple of years and it was, it, if it wasn't for group therapy, I, I may not have made the switch to the cane can be, um, can give me independence. Cause I just thought of it as something people are going to stare at me and they're going to point and they're going to say, Oh, she's a blind girl. There's a blind person there. Yeah. Or my friends would see me with it and go, Oh, she must really be blind now. So I, you know, and I've been in this community that I live in for over 25 years. So people all of a sudden they see me with a white cane, you know, my, in my head, what are they going to think? Well, I had to get past that. And anyway, that's a whole, whole nother white cane topic, but so <laughs> many things. It's so important to at least uh, to at least touch on because that was my big hangup. And in in every in every massive crash I've had, it's me trying to get my head around. Oh, now I got to go learn this whole new thing. I got to go figure this out. I'm tired of figuring things out. But once I get yeah. over, it, I mean, in, in my divorce, one of the biggest things that was holding me back from getting back into my life was I was going to have to manage my finances and do spreadsheets. What? <laughs> you know, like, oh, for God's sake. And still, oh, yeah. and I made little fun games like, it's Money Monday. That's when I remember to pay my bills on Money Monday. Like, all those <laughs> things, I just didn't want to have to figure it out. And with the yes. braille and all, I didn't want to have to figure that stuff out. But yeah. once you yeah. get over that and you go yeah. out of the hallway and into the room, 
And then you're like, why did I waste all that time? Yeah. 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 And it, it wasn't as bad as I, in my head, as I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this, of course I, you know, this has been, uh, this was a devastating diagnosis for me, but, um, you, you have to learn if you want to continue on, you're going to have to learn, you know, all of the tools and um, technology that goes along with it, or you're just not going to get very far. And obviously I was, I got divorced last year and I did have to take on a whole slew of things myself that I didn't think I could do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, look at me. I'll do my banking. Look at me. <laughs> You know, look at me all setting up a new household. Look at me, you know, turning on the lights, you know, paying that bill. So I, yeah, this the whole last year has been a whole nother train wreck of, you know, of moving out with my kids and setting up a whole new household on my own. And I'm like, well, here I am a year later and I did it. So it's, you know, you come, you do come through these things, but when you're in the midst of it, man, that's when you're thinking, I don't know if I can. I I just don't know if I can. That's the stuff that ends up landing in your lap. And I think that's, you know, when I, when I was dealing with David's addiction issues and all that, I used to think to myself, like, this isn't my fault. I didn't ask for this. I didn't get in the middle of this. Why do I have to learn stuff now? You know, like you just, (laughs) you just don't, if, if I'm asking for it or if I somehow messed myself up and got into this, all right, I'll take the hit. I'll take that. I have to get myself out of it. But when this kind of stuff lands in your lap and then all of a sudden you have to reinvent your entire life, you're like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. looking at Jesus, seriously? And yeah. that's, the, that's the time when it gets to be because you, you didn't, you don't, you shouldn't have responsibility for that. It just landed on you. And yet you then are responsible for reinventing your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many reinventions does, you know, one have to go through in, in life, you know, and I, you know, Let me it know was, when you find the number. Yeah, I know. And I know <laughs> you guys always say, you know, I mean, we know, and I've told you, I go, look, there's more to come. Who knows what it's going to be, but there's more yeah. to come. There really, there just is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may, and you guys also say, you may think you're through it. And you're like, I've landed, you know, whoo, I'm here. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. You're no, not really. Yeah. Right. There's, you're not really. Well, there's another thing coming. Wait till you <laughs> go around. An, wait till you get around the bend. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. And going through. I mean, I still go through. It's still the blindness thing will hit me every now and again when the, something gets really hard. And when I, you trace it back, it's because I'm blind. Then I'll go into my blind little moment of like, ah, oh, I'm blind. But then other things are, you know, kind of going into feelings from over the last few years. You know, now that I'm divorced and kind of think I reflect a lot and I those come up too. And I'm like, God, when is that stuff going to just go away? But you know, that's, but you have to go, I really truly believe you have to go through those moments of what, what's happening to me right now and the feelings and the, um, you know, the tears, the laughter, the, whatever it is, um, you, I truly believe you have to feel those, sit with it, go with it. But as Mary Fran says, you know, just visit Mm -hmm. And, you know, and once you really get that figured out that what's happening to me is just, you know, be it, you know, sadness or anger or resentment, whatever it is on for whatever it is, um, you need to just sit with that. You need to sit with that, but know in your head, there's a reason for it and you will get through that little time and the sun, you know, the sun will shine again. And, you know, I've 
I still find myself going into those weird dark places for various reasons. Um, but it's all part of your growth. It's all part of getting through the yucky as Mary Fran has also said, you know, yes, I do listen to you guys a lot. Um, <laughs> it's getting through the yucky part and, but there's no way around it. I'm totally convinced you can't get around it. Mm -hmm. You can't go around here. You can't go around there. You no. can't take another exit. You have to go through it. Yeah. And when it hits, it hits hard. Right. So that's why I've just, I, you know, have really, really admired the, the reset you know, rise and reveal. So I feel like, you know, just sometimes, you know, it's that Phoenix, you're just always just getting back up and rising again. Yeah. And, and it's a process. You're so right. It's an ongoing process. I mean, Kristen, we talked a couple of times about, you know, Kristen sitting in the, the parking lot at Costco a couple of weeks ago, just crying just because yeah. she just couldn't handle the thought of going into Costco and doing grocery shopping. So, I mean, it's not even like, you know, it's not even necessarily the blindness that where it's not even necessarily the addiction or the whatever. It's just like a, just a crappy day or something happens that reminds you of something, you know, but it's always, we always have to, to, you know, re-listen to those, those positive tapes in your head and you have to go yeah. back and go, all right, I handled that. I can get in and out of Costco, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can put on my pirate bandana and I can get through <laughs> Costco with no fingers. Cause I have Lysol wipes that I touch everything with. Right. But yeah. Right. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's learning the tools that you need yeah. to, to get through it. And, and, you know, the, one of the most brilliant things that you've said today is about that you have to sit there and feel it because I was a, a stuffer and an avoider for a very long time. Like I got this and I'm just going to push this over here. You know, I'm deliriously optimistic and the denial queen. So put those together and I wasn't feeling anything until a couple years later. And then that's when all the resentment would build up and, or the sadness would whack me out of nowhere yes. that I didn't know it was happening. And I wasn't operating at full on, God help the world, fully loaded, Kristen. Exactly. Half tank. Yes. Yes. And that is so true. And that's how I kind of live my life. I had everything totally under control. I was, you know, I put the fires out before they even started because I knew there was going to be fires and. And I was in, I was, I'm a control freak. Um, and going blind was, you know, one of the worst things that could possibly happen because you are completely out of control. Mm -hmm. You have no control. And so I, what I had my hand on everything, nothing was going to get out of my control. I mean, I wasn't just out of control, freak, freak, but you know, enough. Right. So when this all went down and I didn't have that control, man, things were just, it was like, you know, things just popped up all the time. And it was, I couldn't, it was just so hard to handle. And, but once you realize how you can control that and, and, and say, you know what, I can't control everything. I just yeah. can't. That's and, a, that's a big part of the message oh, yeah. where you just got to go, Hey, you know what? I can't do it. So okay. it either is going to not get done or somebody else is going to have to handle it. Exactly. Oh, well. Exactly. Or I'm going to have to find another way to handle it because yes. I'm not going to be able to do it. And that's, you know, the loss of control and, and coming to that, you know, um, epiphany, if you will, of, oh, well, I can't control everything. But also I was a, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And <laughs> I, Aren't we all? I'm not doing very good. Trust me. I am not. Do, I need to go to a meeting, but they're not happening right now. They're, um, but I, you know, I need things to be perfect. And I've had to let that go too, because without 
you know, good vision, you can't see the details. I can't see the little things. And I just have to go, well, I guess it's going to be good enough, which I hate that word. Well, it's good enough. I hate that. But in reality, you know, I can either make myself completely crazy, not get very far, or I can just, you know, go with the flow and get a little bit further. Oh, that was one of the, that almost prevented us from doing this show, the whole perfectionism thing. Cause we were going to do like, I wanted like the studio, the lighting, the, all this scripted out and, and everything and the, the lead up to marketing it and all. And then it was like the whole world came crashing down and we turn on these, I've got a laptop from 1972. The camera <laughs> makes me like orange and bizarre and who cares? Then we ordered these little banners. So that there's our branding. There's and, our set. I love it. I love it. Everybody just needed it. And honestly, you know what's crazy in all this? We did this show this way just to turn the cameras on and start talking to people to help the world through this. And we're supposed to help all these other people. And I'm the one that I feel like we are helping the most every single day to to handle all this stuff. It's just been, it's been unreal. And even just as we're learning from all of you that are coming on and talking to us about resilience and your journeys, I, every time we get off of these calls and Mary Fran are like adding notes to the presentation, the webinar, the, all the stuff that we put out there because we learn another new little nugget that, that it's like, you know, it cause you went through it, but you weren't able to name it or figure out where it works in your message. It's just been yeah. the most incredible journey, but that's the thing. We had to let go of that perfectionism. Yes. And right yes. now, everything sucks. Everybody's <laughs> stuff is crashing. So it's the perfect time to just decide to reset and go, hey, what can I yeah. do now? You know, I think at the end of the day, if you can say, I used to make a joke out of this and say my new mantra is going to be, oh, well, I tried. But honestly, if you can say at the end of the day, well, I tried, that's as good as it gets sometimes. And you don't, Sometimes the, these things that evolve, and I wanted to go back to talk about what you were saying, Maria, about your, um, your initial efforts and forays into the writing and the blog, because sometimes when you find your voice, like conversationally, and you don't put that effort into getting every detail right, that's, that's when people relate to it, because it's real. You know, and the same thing with this stuff. Like, no, there's there's no crew. There's her, there's me, there's our laptops and these signs. That's it. You know? Absolutely. Well, and you know what? And you're just you're just like everybody else. Yeah. Like it everybody levels else. the playing field. Yep, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I will admit I was really nervous to come on. I'm like, oh, they're TEDx speakers and all these great things that I want to be. You know, I had you, you know, you guys are still up you're on the <laughs> In other words, you're saying we fell far off the pedestal, right? That's what you're saying. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that but well, listen, so the thing is, but look, you guys are just pulling this together just like yeah. anybody, you know, anybody else. And my blog, I pulled it together thinking, I don't know if this is going to be anything, but I'm just going to throw it out there. And you're right. Some of my most raw, real, like I'm just going to lay it out. Blogs are my most popular. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, and I just tell it like it is like really tell it like it is. And those have been my most popular. And the ones that I think are just going to be, Oh, this is such a good one. It's like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Whoa. Like, I have went, so much good stuff to say. They're going to learn so much. <laughs> They're going to love like, this you know. one. Nothing, yeah. nothing. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. And I know what one, um, one of your guests said was, it doesn't matter if this is your passion, this is what you want to do. You can't go for the follows and the fans. You go for what it's going to do for you. Mm-hmm. And saying yes to these kind of opportunities, whether it's saying yes to 
in my mind to writing a blog, saying yes to hopping on as guests on podcasts and co-hosting and got some ideas. I'm working on starting my own podcast, not so much blindness, but some other things. And, and who knows if anyone will even think it's cool or fun or neat, who cares? Just, yeah. I'm just going to do it. I mean, and you guys should seriously see my studio a little light up. I mean, I've got lamps without, without lampshades on. I mean, it's so ghetto in here, but you know, but I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to speak with you gals. And I knew that I had to just do what I had to do to, to come on here and, you know, be just human. And, um, I have been through that with, you know, again, I still teach group fitness and people think group fitness instructors, you know, are super skinny and only eat lettuce. And that's just (laughs) not true because I'm, well, look, look at me, but I, you know, I do eat more than lettuce. So, but I, I'm, I always say to my classes, like, I'm just like you. I had margaritas and Mexican food last night. So we're here to work out or I ate cheesecake, yeah. whatever it was. I need them to know I'm just like them. I can put on weight just like them. So even on, you know, girl gone blind, it's like, I'm just, I'm just somebody who lost their vision, but I just happen to put it in writing and out for the whole world to read. Um, and, and, you know, from my my perspective, my opinion, my experience only, because trust me, I've been roasted by, you know, some of the blind community for some of my blogs. Oh, and yeah. I almost quit writing. And, but I thought, you know what, if I do, then they win. So yeah. forget that I'm going to keep going. And so I did, but, um, it's, you know, keyboard warriors can really get to you sometimes. And, Oh yeah. The good, well, when we talked to Jennifer Robinson, she said that someone said to her, she was so upset over haters and someone said to her, Hey, if you have haters, you've made it. You're big time. So there you go. They gave me more marketing than I could ever have dreamed of, you know, because I got out there. It was, you know, not how I would want to be out there, but you know what people are like, Oh, then I'll go check out girl gone blind because she's supposed to write this blog that she, you know, totally doesn't know what she's talking about. And it actually put me even more on the map. So they actually did me a favor. So thanks. all. Well, I'm glad you didn't stop because I do love, I think what also resonates, not only are you real, your wit is, is so great. Like you're just you in, in that blog and, and folks, you have got to follow Maria on Twitter. You can get your wit across in seven words on Twitter. It takes me a blog, a video and a mini series. <laughs> to get to my funny point and you're like boom one sentence and i'm dying laughing as you react to different people's things it's hilarious well i appreciate that and um i did have someone say on this last blog i put out i had quite the lift ride um from i call him driver dan and um i wrote it as what was going on but i made these little excerpts of what was i really saying in my head (laughs) you know all kinds of, you know, spicy words, all of that. And um, yeah, it was quite the ride home. But, you know, I had people say like, thank you for really talking about what goes on in our heads when these kind of things happen. And I can't be afraid to put out the truth. I can't be afraid to be authentically me. Um, And I just can't be afraid of that. And if people don't like it, they don't like it. But you know what, scroll by, I don't care. So, um, but you know, obviously I also want to be appropriate and, um, put out the right message as well. So yeah. hopefully I'm doing that. 
too. I'm not going to use that expression. You know what? Scroll by. You don't like it? Scroll, <laughs> scroll by. by. Scroll, scroll, <laughs> scroll. <laughs> I love yeah. that. You don't have I to click that. on it. You don't have to click on it, you know? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maria, yeah. this has been just beyond delightful to have you. And I have to say, I was probably one of those people who was slightly intimidated, although I have gotten more comfortable with blindness with Kristen's kids. I said to her the other day, if anybody had told me a few years ago that I would be like teasing and making fun of blind kids, I would have been horrified. But yes. I, I do it, and it I'm not kids like your family, and and yeah. she'll roast them right back, and then Mitchell comes right back, and she's like, I don't believe some of these conversations. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, my friends still will say something. They go, Oh, sorry, and I'm like, No, it's totally fine. Or then I'll then I'll do a you know good punchline to something, um, and then they're like. Oh, should we laugh? We don't know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> People get a little weird with Michael yeah. when he's kind of stuff. But you know what? I always say that because Michael does that too. Mitchell does it too. He jokes. And humor just, it just extinguishes the barrier or the, the fear or the, uh, the awkwardness when you can just yeah. laugh and then everybody starts from a new place yeah. when you're yeah. laughing. As a matter of oh, fact, I did an um, interview yes. with someone the other day and he was asking me about how do you approach a blind person. He's like, you know, my friend is blind. I'm like, his friend is blind. His friend is Stevie Wonder. I was like this, what? Uh, <laughs> maybe I should have washed my hair and not put my Phillies hat on for this interview. But he's like, you know, he can't see if people come up and, and they're yelling real loud or they keep saying yeah. his name. How do your boys, you know, what advice would you give? And I said, my boys just want you to talk to them like they are a person. Like, yes just yeah. walk up and approach them as a person, not as a blind person, which is hard. But the more that we talk and get stories out there and talk about this, that starts to happen. And then yeah. you get Mary Fran texting them and roasting them in a text. <laughs> <laughs> Love well, you. <laughs> well, and, and isn't that, you know, trying to make people more comfortable around people with disabilities, you know, overall, not just blindness. And I think we started off by saying that people are scared of blindness and I've, I've talked to a lot of people whose friends literally ran away when they lost their vision yeah. and I think it's mostly because they're scared they didn't know what to do how do how like you were saying how do you help somebody who's blind and the and I, I said well I'm learning how to help myself so I can help my friends help me if that makes sense yeah so I'm very yeah. I have to say you need to you know can I hold your elbow can um tell me where the step is or you know or Absolutely, half the time they forget I'm blind and they just walk off without me. I'm like, hello, hello. Oh, yeah, Michael's guys, to do that. Michael's do, friends, here's away. a tip for you to tell your friends Michael's friends do Marco Polo. So they'll walk <laughs> away and he goes, Marco, and they're like, Polo. And then he can, and I happen to see it one night. We get out of the car. I'm like, what the? And they're like, that's just how we figured that one out. That is so funny. That is so funny. Well, and, and, you know, they all, you know, they, when your friends, like, they do walk, they just forget. And I think that's in a way but a that's compliment. That's a good thing in a, a way. Thing. It's a good thing because they're not thinking exactly. of you in that framework anymore. Exactly. So people can find you on your blog, Girl Gone Blind. Yes. You can find me on my blog at girlgoneblind.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at girlgoneblind. Um, I'm on Twitter at girl underscore gone underscore blind. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Maria Johnson, girl gone blind. That's awesome. Lisa McGregor says, Hey, from Canada. Oh, she's there you go. Lisa from Canada. How about she's that? Canada. She's How affected. Yeah. Getting shout outs on awesome. Facebook. Yay. Cool. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I knew oh, we were going to have a good time. 
See, Thank so now Mary Fran is like, sometimes like she'll really connect with a guest and then I start to worry. I'm like, don't you even think about replacing me? And now I can see she's a little- <laughs> Adding nervous. your name to the list. <laughs> I'm adding your name. Yay. Hey, I was going to say, you better watch your back there, girl, because maybe- Sleep I'm with one eye open, Kay. <laughs> I guess I could go on Kristen's list too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both lists. I'm in a list too. Don't, yeah, she's got one too. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Thank you so much. Thank for you so much, me. Marina. This, no, was this great. has been fantastic. Again, I, I love what you gals are doing and appreciate the both of you. And again, thanks so much. Uh, Thank thanks, you. Marina. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient. You can find us at brilliantlyresilient.net and on Facebook at Brilliantly Resilient. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.